Swim check one, two. Bike check one, two. Run check one, two. I think we're ready. Let's try this. Welcome to the Try Beginner's Luck podcast, a podcast where we explore the sport of triathlon from a variety of perspectives to help beginner triathletes on their journey. I am your host, Nishonda Shines. All right, y'all. Welcome back to another edition of Try Beginner's Luck. I'm excited about today. I'm excited about the guest as always. I think whenever anyone comes on this show, I am always honored and I don't take it for granted. I don't take it for granted when people respond to my emails. They probably see the excitement in my emails. I'm like, oh my gosh, you responded. Oh, thank you so much. Because it is an honor because people can choose to say no, but they also can make a choice to say yes. And so I just want to say I'm very grateful for every guest that has said yes, who has answered my call, as this is just a special time of year as it's, um, we're still celebrating our second full year. And I am just thrilled. It's been a lot of ups and downs, a lot of hard work, but it's worth it when you're doing what you love. And I love to share a good story and especially a good beginner story because we all have that first time story. And if we wouldn't have taken that first time to try, we wouldn't have the elites. We wouldn't have the race directors. We wouldn't have a USAT. We wouldn't be here. So it's because of those who have said yes to trying or yes to trying new things that we are here today. And so that brings me to our guest that I get to introduce to this audience on today. So this young lady, her rap sheet is long and I shouldn't say rap sheet because it's not really a rap sheet, but you know what I'm saying? Like her resume, let me, let me get back into work mode. Her resume is very in depth. It's has lots of substance and she has done a lot of incredible things. I mean, she's a coach. She's a race director. She is a group fitness instructor. She's a mom. Uh, that's five jobs in one right there. Okay. She's a mom. She is strong. Yes, she is. She is strong. No, for real. She is strong because she's strong. Ah, if you didn't get what I got or what I put down, I do have with me today, the race director for Monarch Triathlon and She's Strong Inc.'s own Brandy Ramirez. Brandy, welcome to Try Beginner's Luck. I just want to take this moment to say thank you so much for having me on. Um, I really do feel blessed to be here. So um, thank you for reaching out to me and allowing me to be here today. Well, I feel like we have to do that all over again, right? Because I, <laughs> I'm not doing it over again, right? So no, Brandy and I, yeah. Brandy and I have had a few weeks. We've had a few moments and it's almost an instant bond because she really matches my, she matches my fly and feistiness too. She, she did something that only I would do if I was to be on video. And I knew then instantly she was, she was, she was my person. Like, so I work from home and sometimes, you know, when we work from home, we have our work from home face. And today is a work from home face where I don't have on makeup. I just figure it out. So I put on this little lipstick, which camouflages just the lips. It gives me a little something that makes me put. And so the next thing, you know, I went and turned around and Brandy was gone. I was like, where, where did she go? But she came back. I'm ready. I said, oh, snap. I appreciated that. Thank you so much because there's nothing more powerful than a good lipstick. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and it, it have, does, gives us strength. It, <laughs> it, it gives us strength. I have a thing where I typically wear lipsticks when I'm announcing. And uh, I just had a recent race uh, at Waterman's triathlon and someone came up to me. They're like, your lipstick is bomb. Does your lipstick give you power? I said, yes, it does. I was like, it's my lip protectant. Mm -hmm. It protects my lips. It protects what I say. It protects what I'm going to say. Even when I mess up, it, it's protection. It's like lip, ah, lip protection. I don't know anyway, but yes, lipstick makes me powerful. We're not going to talk about lipstick, although we could talk about lipstick because 
you know, when you're wearing lipstick, if you wear lipstick, when you try, it does make it a little bit more powerful. However, mm-hmm. what I'm most in awe about, Brandy, is in the midst of everything that you do, you had to make a decision at the end of 2017 that changed the trajectory of your life, but you turned it from a challenge to a triumph. And I want to talk about that because I think that sets us up to talk about the things that you're doing currently. So tell us a little bit about one, who you are and that triumph that has now, that you've overcome in order to turn it into a triumph or challenge to triumph. You know what I mean? You know. I do. I do. I know exactly what you mean. So uh, my name is Brandy Ramirez. I am the president and founder of She Strong Incorporated. It is a 501c3 that focuses on women who have or are currently battling cancer and they want to get back into fitness. We realize that we are not our diagnosis, that we can overcome it and become stronger and faster in any version of um, exercise or cardio. So I love it. It's a passion of mine. I am a cancer survivor. I had stage three cancer in 2017 and 2018. And I'm happy to say I am five years with no evidence of disease. Congratulations and come on. That's, that's incredible. That is amazing. That is an accomplishment and way your body has just shown up for you so that you could one, still do what you love. And it's unfortunate that your body was attacked by the cancer, right? Yeah. And so many women and men throughout the world their bodies are attacked with this disease. And there's so many that overcome as well. And so thank you for continuing your fight and thank you for um, allowing women specifically to know that they are not their disease and that you're having a platform for them so that they can know that they don't have to stand alone, that they're gonna fight back, that they are not falling victim, victim to their diagnosis and that cancer did not break them. That's a powerful mantra. Thank you. Very powerful mantra. And so when you were diagnosed in at the end of 2017, weren't you in the middle of a training? You were like in the middle of a training block. And how did that kind of, what adjustments did you have to make so that you could, um, get treatment and then want to get back to training because that was a decision that you made. Yeah. So, um, in 2017, August, I was supposed to race Boulder. So I was, you know, had tapered, was ready to race Boulder. Um, my then husband, he's now my ex-husband, his father passed away. And so because of that, I didn't race. So I, you know, I feel confident saying I was in, in really good shape. Um, for myself. Then October comes around. It's two days after my 42nd birthday. And I was going in just for my annual exam. I knew that I, my body was battling something. So yes, as you said, you know, um, I'm a coach, I'm a certified Ironman coach. I'm a USAT certified race director. I'm a certified tridoc coach. I have a bachelor's in science and health and a couple of other certifications. So I know a little bit about a little bit. What I do know is my own body. And so I knew that something was going on. I was running a low grade fever, um, nothing else, no other symptoms. So I just treated that fever like asymptomatically when it would spike, I would take over the counters, um, you know, acetaminophen or IBU to break my fevers. And other than that, um, I knew I was tired. I was feeling tired. So when I went in to see my primary, um, she addressed my fever and, you know, I told her how I was treating it. And as soon as she started the breast exam, 
um, she just looked at me and she's like, do you feel that? And I was like, yeah, she asked me at that time, had I been doing self breast exams? I had just barely turned 42. So no, it was not on my radar. I have no family history of breast cancer. Um, long story short, she sends me in for a mammo. If it wasn't for that doctor, a mammo would not have even found it. It was so high up and pushed back against my uh, muscular wall that it wouldn't, when I did go for my mammo, they had to do it like five different times to find it. So like a, a normal mammo would not have found it. Um, turns out I meet with my oncologist. He was pretty positive. I was going to be BRCA positive, which is the genetic for breast cancer, but I was BRCA negative. My doctor looked at me and basically just told me I have no, I have no reasons for you to have this disease. Um, I was a triathlete. I've had four children. I nursed all of them. So I ate good. I'm BRCA negative, no family history. He just looked at me and he's just like, I, I have no reasons to give you. Um, we did the PET scan. The PET scan revealed that I had a 1.02 tumor in my right breast, but I had a 3.23 tumor in my lymph nodes in my right armpit. So I quickly went from a stage one to a stage three. And that tumor, um, eventually it had broken through my first set of sentinels, but not my second. Had it broken through my second set of sentinels, it would have been in my bloodstream and just in my body. So um, I feel very blessed that my doctor did her due diligence, that she discovered it for me and that I was able to take care of it. Absolutely, Brandy. I think, you know, there's those times in life where we have this voice telling us what we need to do. And if we zone into that intuitive thought, it's there to help us, right? And and I couldn't be more um, proud that you did what you needed to do in order for your doctor to be able to do what she needed to do so that you can get the treatment. And I think it's so important. We're in October where we are, you know, we hear a lot more stories about breast cancer awareness and what we need to do and knowing what your breasts feel like, you know, knowing what's comfortable for you, getting your checkups if you're over the age of 40 or if you have a history starting earlier. But it's important to truly do those breast examinations. So if you're listening, and men too, don't think you're off the hook. Do Absolutely. your breast exam examinations. It is so important to, to do that. Um, and yes, do we want to go get the mammograms? No, they are not comfortable at all, but they can save our lives. And in this case, the mammogram didn't even detect it. So it's important that you do both. You do your mammogram check, but then you also do the breast examination. And when you go to your physical, you know, or what are they called? What are that? What is your annual physical? Yeah, the annual physical, the checkups. They have so many different checkups. You have a checkup for your primary, your checkup for your the gynecology. It's just too many checkups. Anyway, do your due diligence. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, um, early detection is the best detection. I would tell anybody that um, I guarantee you, had I not caught it when I caught it, which obviously wasn't early, something had been brewing inside for a while that I didn't even know about. I am very blessed that I was able to catch it at that stage three, prevent it from getting through my other set of sentinels. And so, yes, please do your due diligence, take care of yourself, even though it's scary. And I know it seems very scary. Um, if you can catch it ahead of time, you could really save yourself so much agony and just please just, yeah, get your checkups. Yeah. And Yes. Get your checkups. And I'll say, um, I had my first mammogram in 2021 and I was a little scared cause I had just experienced like my, um, <clears throat> the doctor was like, yeah, I feel a little something. And in black women, we have denser breast tissues. And so sometimes they can't tell the difference between what they're feeling and if it's whatever and had to go get a biopsy. I almost freaked out. I was like, 
I can't do this. I'm by myself. I just, um, my brother had just passed away. So it was just so many different emotions and to have to get that. And you get this scar that never, it's like a reminder of having to do that. And so even though it came back, you know, benign and, you know, nothing was wrong, it just goes to show you that even when you have, you feel something, even though it may not be what it's assuming to be, it's just good to get checked. And so I just recommend everyone just please do your due diligence because we want you to be able to try until you decide that you don't want to, and you want to do some other things. So speaking of trying Brandy, before 2017, you were a rock star triathlete, right? <laughs> Let's talk about the beginning of Brandy's triathlon journey. Tell us a little bit about what got you started and your first race. Sure. I mean, I wouldn't say I was a rock star. Um, I was just one of those athletes who would race once a year just because, you know, I had four kids and a business of my own. And so I would not say I was a rock star athlete. I had a friend who was training for a full Ironman. Um, and I remember asking her just one day, like, you know, I, I saw her, I would see her training and, and I was like, what are you training for? So she explained to me that she was going to do a full Ironman, which at the time I didn't even know what a try was. So she broke it down and she told me the distances and I remember looking at her and I was like, you're going to do this in one day. And she just looked at me and kind of laughed. She said, this is not a three day event. And I was like, but you're running a full marathon. Like, are you sure it shouldn't be a three day event? You know, um, and so that seemed, you know, the 140.6. I was like, that's just crazy. Um, so then she went on to tell me about the half, you know, the 70.3. For me, I was like, okay, this sounds completely doable, right? I, I can hit a 70.3. Um, it was also just a ch challenge for me in my head. I thought I was a badass. And so I was like, sure. Yeah. Like let's, let's do this training. Let's see if I find my breaking point. Um, I didn't, I didn't find my breaking point. I raced, uh, I loved it. Again, it was not something I wasn't one of the racers who would go out four or five times a year, you know, and do races um, just because my kids at the time, I only had three children. My son was three or four years old when I started training for an Ironman. I'm very much into my kids and being there with them all the time. Like I am very honored with the fact that my kids were with me every minute of their life growing up. My kids did not go to daycare. They went with me to my office. I was a very much full-time mom, but also owned my own business. And so um, a lot of my time and attention, like most other moms was on my kids when they were younger. Hmm. So it's okay for you to call yourself a badass, but I can't call you a rock star. <laughs> I mean, let me a rock understand star to me is like a, you know, running carefree. Like, I mean, she's like a rock star. <laughs> Well, we have different definitions for rock stars. I, I was just trying to like say like, man, you pretty much were a badass. I just didn't want to say that. So I was trying to say like a cleaner version of it. And you're like, no, I am a badass. Fine. <laughs> That's who you are. We'll we'll run with that from, from, from now on. So was your first race, because you didn't say, was your first race a full Ironman or mm -hmm. a sprint? So of course I started with a sprint moved okay. on to the Olympic, which back then, um, iron girl put on an Olympic distance in Henderson, Nevada. And so I did the sprint, the Olympic, and then I moved to the half. I'm having a, a moment. Yes. Okay. So you did your sprint, the Olympic, and then you did your first half. All right. So tell us about your training for your first sprint. And what year was that? Oh my gosh, you're gonna make me think back now. I think my first, I want to say my sprint was in 2008 or 2009, mm -hmm. um, which was, it's comical. Looking back on that training now um, and the way that I raced, it was, it was very comical. Um, my friend is a fitness coach, but she's not an Ironman coach. Um, so we just kind of use the Matt Fitzgerald 
uh, triathlon guide, right? Kind of like flipped through it, like, okay, today I'm going to do this swim and I'm going to do this bike and this run. Um, and so that's basically our training. She helped me so much because she obviously was halfway through her full Ironman training. Um, but I remember going out on a bike ride. I had a bike from Walmart that is not a tri bike. And I remember just kind of panicking, you know, my friend's next to me and she's trying to hand me, you know, this Gatorade. And here she is like on her Cervelo looking, you know, the epitome of fitness. And she was like, take the Gatorade, take the Gatorade. And I'm over here white knuckling this very heavy bike from Walmart. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Just terrified. Um, so yeah, that, that level of training and fitness is just very comical looking back on it. I did finish the, the sprint. It was a good, a good successful sprint. Obviously my training went deeper as I got into longer distances. I got better educated. I felt more comfortable, uh, started buying used tri bikes and, um, so yeah, it's it's much different now than what it was then. I love it. I love the progression and how you say, you know, you started and you guys just did what you could with the Matt Fitzgerald training plan. And, you know, I saw this meme today on Instagram that showed a guy on the treadmill walking backwards and his best friend trying to coach him and he didn't know what he was doing so they were both just like kind of dancing and it's like this is what it's like when you get your best friend who doesn't and neither one of you know what you're doing so that's what the image came up in my mind yeah uh, because that's the fun part of it it's like we didn't know what we were doing but we were just out here to have a good time and it wasn't yeah. the seriousness I think sometimes uh, when I look at athletes today it might be their second year and they're also serious. And I'm like, where do you get that attitude from? Where did that come from? How did you develop this? And you're not a professional. Like there, there has to be some levels of enjoyment factors that still come in. So you did one race until you could do more. When did you make the transition to being a coach? Oh, so um, the transition to being a coach was just out of my own need to have answers, right? Um, I love knowledge. It's just something that drives me. And so in 2015, I had just gotten to the point where, and I love my friend, she's like a sister to me now. Um, but I didn't want to have to ask her, like, how do you do this? How, you know, I wanted my own answers for myself. And about that time, Ironman launched their certification, the Ironman certification. And I saw it and I was just like, oh my gosh, yes, like this, I'm going to do this. So um, I applied for the certification program and thankfully I passed it. That was back in 2015. At that time, I had no intention of being a coach. I really didn't. I just did the certification because I wanted the knowledge. I wanted the answers for myself. Um, I didn't even coach anyone until after my diagnosis, to be 100% honest with you. It's funny that, not funny, haha, but, you know, I look at my life and where I, I'm at now, and I realize that, like, my diagnosis of cancer saved me as a person. It made me really take a look at my life, take a look at the people I had in my life the way that I was allowing my life to be lived for me and not really living my own life and my own truth. Um, I came through that. And on the other side of it were just these monumental changes, right? Um, that was when I launched She Strong. That was when She Strong was created. And through my cancer battle, I always had this, you know, like, why me? I think a lot of us do that. Like, why me? Why am I going through this? I'm a very spiritual person. And so for me, like I just heard just to be an example at the time, I thought it was just an example to my kids. And I said, you know what? Okay. I'm going to be the best example I could possibly be. Like I was flat chested. I had a bilateral uh, mastectomy and I was flat chested for a year, had no intention of doing reconstruction. Um, yeah. You know, at one point I looked like an 80 year old man. Like I had no hair. I had no eyelashes or eyebrows. I just had these little spriggly things that stuck up from the top of my head. I had no breast. I lost all my mu muscle tissue from the chemo and whatnot that I went through, but I didn't hide. 
I wasn't ashamed of me and I wasn't ashamed of what I was going through because I didn't do anything wrong. So I didn't, I chose not to cover my head. For me, it's Arizona and it's so hot out here. And I felt like me covering my head was to make other people feel comfortable about what I was going through. And I wasn't going to do that because I didn't do anything wrong. And so, and I'm not saying anybody else needs to live this way. I'm just saying this is what felt right to me. And so this was what I did. Um, it was after all of that, on the other side of that, I had a, a woman reach out to me from a, a training platform, an Ironman training platform, and she was just going through her cancer. And she reached out to me and said, hey, can I talk to you? And I said, yes, of course. She's a dear friend of mine now. And from that came all of these other things came she strong, me deciding I was going to be a coach. I wanted to be a coach. I want to help women who want to try for the first time. That's what I focus on. First time female athletes. Like that is my passion to help a woman from the beginning, learn how to juggle, not just her training, but her job and her children and her marriage and get to the other side of that finish line. That is just something I'm so passionate about. Mm. So it took seven years from 2008 to 2015. And you were like, I need answers. But then another four to actually put that knowledge to practical use. Yes. I just want to share that if you are out there and you have a skill or something that you haven't used and you went to school for it, it's okay. I do believe that everything that we experience or go through works together for our good, right? And no, no gift or no skill will be left unturned. Now, when we use it, that's one thing, but it won't be unturned. And I, I think that everything that you went through up until 2019 definitely helped set you up for a different platform so that you could use your voice and you could use what She Strong really is and know so that when you are speaking to some of your clients, you can say, hey, listen, you got this. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that 100%. Um, I just, I think it was last week I put on my social media a saying, and I honestly, I don't remember how, how I came up about seeing it but the saying is you grow through what you go through mm, and for good. me that really just resonates with me like I am the person I am today because I allowed myself to grow from each one of these experiences each one of these yeah. hurdles if you will um, and I allowed myself to just take it in and find the best possible outcome from each one of those experiences so that I could grow into the person I am today. Yeah. And we thank you for doing that, Brandy, you know, cause it's when you're the first of something and not necessarily saying the first, but when you're setting out to create something that hasn't been done before, it's a little bit more challenging and you go through a lot more, but you do that so that those behind you can come. And so She's Strong is definitely blazing the trails for people in community spaces so that um, you can empower women to lift themselves up, to be a good sister friend to their friends and um, to have resources available in that community. Tell us a little bit about the She's Strong community that you built. Yeah. So um, She Strong was just an idea, um, you know, back in 2000, the end of 2018. And it came about because um, as I was halfway through my radiation, my energies finally started to pick up. Right. And so being a triathlete, we have an off season, right? We, we train, we race, then we take some time off to recover and, you know, sleep in and <laughs> enjoy foods. And so um, I kind of took my cancer and my treatment as a training, right? That's, that's the way that I looked at it. Just all of my chemo. I was like, okay, we got to get this done. We, we have to stay positive. We have to focus. We have to eat good. Um, then I had my surgery, which was an 11 hour surgery. 
it, um, I was thrown into menopause at the age of 42 because my cancer is estrogen and progesterone positive. So I had an 11 hour surgery that consisted of losing all of my lymph nodes in my right arm, uh, bilateral mastectomy and a complete hysterectomy. After that, I went into radiation, 30 bouts of radiation. So towards the end of that radiation, my energy levels finally started coming up. So I kind of thought to myself, I'm going to go for a run. I finally feel like I have some energy, nothing crazy. I was just going to go for a one mile run. It was the most horrific run ever in my life. Um, and I, I really felt defeated. I had to take a look at myself and, and where I was because of my treatment. Um, I actually walked most of it, went home, had a huge cry in the shower. And then that was when the idea of She's Strong came to me because I thought to myself, how many other women have done exactly what I just did? How many women battled cancer, beat it, started to feel better, feel stronger, and decided to go train whatever form of fitness they wanted? How many of them went to go train and failed like I did? But how many of them don't have the knowledge I do? I'm so blessed that I knew how to start at the bottom and I could build myself up day by day. I had that knowledge. But I kind of thought, how many women don't and how many of them just give up and just say, yeah. well, this is me after cancer. Yeah. And so for me, I was like, no, she strong is going to let you know that is not you after cancer. You are not your diagnosis. You can be better, bigger, stronger. You can be any version of yourself you want to be. And so it started as just a private Facebook page with the one lady. Her name is Laura, who reached out to me. Um and she was just like, yeah, you have to do this. So it started there with just one person and just word of mouth, women telling other women, telling other women. And before you know it, we have 4,000 women in this private group worldwide, like I'm talking Israel, New Zealand, just all over the world. And it's just a very positive environment where we build each other up. Yes, you're allowed to be upset. You're allowed to cry. But then it's like, you know, let's pull on our big girl panties. And that was that. Let's move forward and let's be positive and set goals for ourselves. So we do have like these monthly challenges that are just friendly challenges. And we post about what we're doing day in and day out just to inspire the other people in there to, to just get up and move. Visionary and growing through as you go through. That's it. I mean, we all are having, we all have experienced some type of challenge. And sometimes in those challenges, we just let the challenge defeat us. And sometimes we get back up and we defeat the challenge. And so no matter what, you have a choice in how you want to respond to whatever challenge that you have. And we just hope that you will respond in a way that will honor where you are in that moment. And for you, that was saying, I'm stronger than this and I'm going to do it. So we have She's Strong. So She's Strong was born. And then you said, hey, I want to go and get my race director certification. Tell us about that. Yeah. So on that same day, um, I remember I just, I kind of had an epiphany. Um, I saw myself really standing before these women and just giving like this opening speech on race day. And so for me, like I knew back in 2018, the beginning of 2019, that I wanted to host a race. It obviously took me a little bit of time. Uh, last year was the very first time that we hosted the Monarch. Um, and it's just, it was so special to me. First off, it was on October 22nd, the actual race day, which happened to be my birthday. And so for me, like the greatest gift I could give myself is watching these women accomplish this race and cross this finish line. Um, so many firsts, it was a USAT sanctioned race, the first one ever in Kingman and Bullhead City, which is where I live. Um, first time cyclists raced on Route 66 and it's the first distance of its kind. So um, a lot of firsts, a lot of accomplishments. I'm so proud of it. Um, I'm so proud of the women who raced it. And like, I would not have been able to do it without the sponsors that I had and the team that I had and the volunteers who came out. So it was just amazing for me. So October 23rd, 2022 was the first year. And 
October 22nd. 22nd. Sorry, October 22nd, 2022. And it was also in the Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, So you were able to celebrate that and you had all these firsts. Tell us about the distance and why it's so unique. So the distance is called a super half because it is longer than Olympic, but shorter than a half Ironman. And so it's a one mile downriver swim. Um, And I chose that because as a coach, I do see in my athletes a lot of fear of the water, right? And so I just wanted to give first time triathletes or whoever was racing, I wanted to give them a wonderful experience of being in a river that has a nice strong current that's just going to bring you out super fast. Um, Pretty much every woman PR'd in that water for race day. So you do a one mile down river swim. It is a 47 mile bike ride from Bullhead City to Kingman. And then it is um, a seven mile run. So it's a total distance of 56 miles, which for those of you who don't know, the bike portion of a half Ironman is 56 miles. So it's the first distance ever of its kind. And it's called a super half half sprint. Huh. It's a super half try. (laughs) It's a super half trap. I love it. Huh. Okay. And so last year was your first year. So what's in store for 2023 this year? So 2023 was scheduled to take part um, on September 23rd. Sadly, we had to defer it. Um, We had some logistical issues. Some of the sponsors had to step out. Um, And so I'm not going to put on a race that I don't feel 100% confident with and that I'm not going to be able to give the experience to my racers that I want them to have. And so I had to make a decision, which it was a little painful, (laughs) but I had to make a decision to step back and defer the race for 2024. Yeah. A step back sometimes is multiple steps forward. And I know that that probably wasn't your the outcome you wanted. And I think I found out because I was like, hey, I partnered with Fund Her Try and we wanted to give to race entries to the women because we knew it was a part of the USAT triathlon series. And um, Lynn Maddox, who is the founder of Fund Her Try, and I partnered so that one, we could one, get exposure for her organization, Fund Her Try, but also um, to give back so that again, more women to every start line. And so that's how I found out. I was like, no, this can't be, you know, there's not, but so many events for women only. And I participated in my first women's only triathlon this year and I was blown away, blown away. And so I know how powerful it is for us to have a race of our own. I mean, they're about to have one in Kona, probably by the time this is aired, Kona would have already happened, but they're doing it in Kona. And so to know that there is power in having women only races we're seeing it on a major scale. Yeah. Um, one, I'm so blessed. I get to go to Kona. Actually, I will be there next week. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Are you racing? I am not racing. I did not qualify. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going out to support um, my job. I work for TriDot. And so um, we have a huge investment. We have a very big team of women who will be racing. And so I'm blessed that I get to go out and just show support to all of them and, and cheer them on. Um, for my race one, I want to say thank you to Lynn. I love Lynn. She's an amazing lady and we have a good relationship too. But we did as a as a board make some decisions to change the monarch as well. It will not be a women's only race for 2024. Awesome. Yeah, I have had so many brothers husbands, fathers, um, you name it, that have reached out to me and were just like, 
you know, this happened to my sister, this happened to my mom, this, um, you know, my grandmother passed away from this. Um, just so many different men reaching out to me and just like, can I please race in your race? And I was like, well, it's a ladies only race. So how do I do that? Um, and I just, I had the realization that as much as I love the women's only race, because I have raced a couple of them myself too, these men really deserve the chance to come out and race in honor of their loved ones. So the Monarch was not just a race about a woman who has battled cancer. If you were a woman who wanted to race in honor of somebody who lost their life, unfortunately, or somebody who is currently battling this disease, you were allowed to do that. And, you know, I have to give that platform to men too. I think it's only the right thing to do. Cancer does affect everybody. Um, and so, yeah, men will be allowed to race this. We are still keeping it focused on women because a portion of our registration has gone to create um, a scholarship for young girls whose primary caregiver has battled cancer. That comes from me watching my children who were in high school and junior high at the time really kind of struggle with their schooling. Um, and I think any kid who stays on track, who manages to graduate on time when they've had to battle that as a teenager and, and watch the way it affects their household, they deserve to have a really good shot at an education. Well, I mean, you did nothing more than what we have to do in transition. I mean, in triathlon, we have to transition. And so, you know, business is business and opportunity is opportunity. And I think I say on another podcast, I interviewed a beginner, um, be away. I think that's the podcast. So it may air soon. Um, there's room for racing. And I guess the question that brings me to you, and I didn't finish my thought, but because I'm going somewhere, is there's power in it being women only, only races. But there's also a reason why there are both men and women races, just regular races. Do you think women who come to race will feel a little different having raced an only women's race and they will feel like there's not something special for them as a result? I would hope that nobody feels that way. Um, to be honest with you, the Monarch was designed with women first, right? Um, mm -hmm. The logo is designed for women. It is a butterfly. Um, and if you look at the actual like logo in each corner of the butterfly, you have to swim, your bike, your run and a crown because the word monarch itself means the sovereign one or the queen. Um, I hope that the special touches that we add to this race still empower women and allow them to feel special and to know that this started from a woman, from me, from my experience. And that is what it was focused on. I also would hope that the men that do decide to come and race will allow the their why, why are they doing this race? I would hope that it would allow them to have that emotion and be driven by that emotion and not the competition side. Thank you. Well, congratulations on all you're doing and the pivots that you are having to make I'm sure it doesn't make it easy, but you're doing it. And yes, we success isn't linear. You know, growing a brand isn't linear. And so I like to look at it as that um, if you watch the prices, right, they used to have a pachinko board. Yep. And <laughs> you would drop it down. It's like, do, 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 do. Yep. And you don't know where it's going to end up. <laughs> but- what you do know is that if you don't give up, you're going to land at one of those spots and you're going to get something. And then you can turn that something into something else. And you start at the top and you go, do, 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 do. And, and it keeps going. And I think that's the part of the journey. And so thank you for opening your arms to women, starting a now 4,000 plus community uh, for women to have community surrounding themselves as they experience you know, overcoming cancer or dealing with cancer as they're training and vice versa, but then also be 
creating a race. Like, hey, I want to do this, but do this well. And Route 66, I live on the East Coast. So Route 66 comes from the Virginia side all the way to um, through Arizona. Is that the mm -hmm. same Route 66? Yep. Hmm. I love it. I love how we're all connected, but yet in our different spaces. Well, I appreciate you, Brandy, and we can't let you go before uh, doing some rapid fire, but you've had an, a tremendous journey since 2008. Um, being a mom amongst being an entrepreneur, a coach, a fitness enthusiast, you're on boards out there in Arizona. You do a lot but you do it well. And so I want to say kudos to you for all that you're doing for being, um, for not stopping and not giving up and for Thank remembering you. just how strong you are because she is strong. So yeah, there is God. So uh, I'm sure we can talk about a lot of more things and we can go several different ways because we didn't even scratch the surface of who you are, but that's what part twos are about. And that's for coming back on in the future is about. So hopefully we can have you on next year um, to talk about the triathlon uh, that will be happening. I would love to. Yeah. All right. So rapid fire. We have some questions that we ask. Um, and we're just going to go have fun. I have some new questions this year. So eh, be prepared. But there's always going to be one question that will always remain the same. Favorite distance, sprint, Olympic, half, or full? That's easy. It's a half. Okay. Wetsuit or without? Depends on the water. I don't like the cold. That's why I live in Arizona. <laughs> oh, that's, 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 that's facts. <laughs> gels or real food for race nutrition? Oh, um, definitely gels. No, no real food. Indoor trainer or outdoor cycling? Um, Depends on the weather for me. Uh, Ninety percent of my training is done on my Peloton. So interesting. We should talk more about that. <laughs> hmm. Ninety percent of your training is sorry. This this is important to pause. So ninety percent of your training is done on the Peloton. Yes. And so you just take multiple classes and stack them. No. So actually, I don't take any of the classes. <laughs> um, so I am a Tridot coach, and I am a Tridot athlete. We're all about zone training. And so um, there's a part of the Peloton that you can go into. It says more and you just go in for the time. And then I follow my TriDot um, scheduled workout. Oh, well, thank you for clarifying. Cause I'm like, wait a minute now. I love it. Okay. Um, taper week, love it or hate it? Oh my God. I love it. <laughs> love it. Any superstitions or pre-race rituals? No. Um, I would say my only pre-race ritual, and if you ever see me in transition, don't be mad. Um, I do go in with my, my beats on because I block as much out as I can to keep myself calm. So sometimes I'm playing my music and sometimes it's just to pretend I can't hear you. <laughs> it's that part that I'm here for. Pretend that I can't hear you. I thought I was. Yeah, that's the truth though. I walk around and, and nowadays I put the real headphones back in to be like, because, mm, you know, the ones that sit on your temple, people can still talk to you. No, no, I don't hear you. I don't hear you. No, I have like the, the big ones, the big beats, right? So you I don't even it. have to like question if I have something on is that they're there. <laughs> I love it. So I can pretend. Okay. Dream training partner, alive or historical? Um. So I would have to say my dream training partner when I got into the sport, Rennie, um, you know, was, she was all the buzz. She was amazing. She is amazing. Not was to the point where no joke, I cut my hair and dyed it just like hers. <laughs> so as yes, I'm talking about, uh, Miranda Coffrey, I am so blessed that she is a Tridot coach. And so I have met her. Um, probably will be hanging with her in Kona, but her speed on that run. Oh my gosh. If I could train with her in the running and somehow gather that speed, that would be a dream. Well, there it is. Maybe you guys can go for a run in Kona. Yeah. 
you know, she's pregnant, but she'd probably still beat me. <laughs> I'm guaranteeing you she would. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, what would be your top three pieces of advice for any new beginner? Oh, goodness. Any new beginner? Um, a couple things. One, I would tell them to either get a coach or get somebody who knows the sport having a coach and knowing all these, you know, from years of training and, and years of talking to other coaches, having that inside scoop on how to train, how to get ready for race day, how to have a game plan. Those things are huge. So if you can't afford it, like find somebody you can ask questions, right. Um, get that knowledge ahead of time. That's huge. Um, another tip, don't eat on your bike. Oh my gosh. It's so dangerous. Don't. Like, do your liquids learn to uh to to do your liquid carb on the bike it's just so much easier on your safety as a beginner and your body um and then the third one i would say find a really good playlist for your bike and your run you know to kind of play through your head on race day to keep you engaged love it and final question pee on the bike or take a proper pee break? <laughs> um, I have not yet been able to pee on my bike, but I would not say I take a proper pee, pee break. <laughs> I have tried a couple times. I've even talked to my coach about it and he's, you know, given me some tips or whatever. Uh, normally for me, I come off of my bike and in transition, when I sit to put my shoes on, I pee through my kit. You will find a lot of people do if you ever go into a restroom and you try to take that kit down, when you're pulling it back up, you will understand why we don't do that. And then just, you know, squirt yourself with some water when you're done. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Brandy. I appreciate you. I love the answers. Um, I think I'm taking the whole pretend like I can't hear you with me because I'm here for that. Yes, yes, and yes. But you know what we have this saying, whenever you try beginners like you always win. I am Ashonda, who's been joined by Brandy Ramirez of She Strong, and we are out. Peace. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. We need your help so we can continue to try at TBL. So for more information on where you can find and subscribe to this podcast, visit www.trybeginnersluck.com. And don't forget, whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win.